ADCC champion, local time IBJJF world champion, Mackenzie Dern. Mm -hmm. And right now, we just need to give a quick shout out to two of our sponsors. Train, Dominate, and Rise for high quality, comfortable, affordable, and sleek jujitsu kimonos, rash guards, and lifestyle apparel. Choose Rain Unlimited. Order your kimonos, rash guards, and apparel today at rainunlimited.com. R E I G N U N L I M I T E D.com. Our second sponsor is Details. Details is a jujitsu athletic apparel company that develops top of the line gear exclusively designed for women who train by women who train. If you're a woman who rolls and you're looking for the perfect rash guard, definitely check out rent details rather at detailsclothing.com. It's spelled D-E-T-A-L-E-S clothing.com. Um, just a quick notes on Mackenzie. Um, 2015 has been a huge year for her. A few of her major highlights includes two victories over BJJ legend Michelle Nicolini at both the ADCCs and IBJJF World Championships, and also beating Gabby Garcia in route to winning the Openweight Gold at the Abu Dhabi World Pro. The other day, she announced that she will be transitioning from BJJ to MMA, um, but before she does, she'll be competing next weekend in Long Beach, California at the IBJJF Nogi Worlds. Again, thank you for joining us, Mackenzie. I know you've been really busy lately with both seminars and training. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me here. I'm really excited. This is actually like my first interview uh, after the whole MMA transitioning thing. So I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, thanks for granting to us. Um, just to start off, what, what was your motivation in moving from BJJ to MMA? Um, well, I mean, I guess the first thing I should say is like, I'm definitely still going to be doing jiu-jitsu, you know. Um, I still have the whole first six months of 2016, plan to compete, you know, Europeans, Pan Ams, uh, Brazilian Nationals, uh, Worlds, and Abu Dhabi. Um, but just, I've been training MMA. I started training MMA because of Tanquinho, you know, Augusto Mendes. Uh, I started training with him uh, just to be having a extra training. He won the World Championships, actually, um, and he was doing MMA training, so he said that it was something that helped him. So. Uh, since my first two years at Black Belt, it was like a title that I was getting to the podium, but I was missing, um, you know, the first place. I was like, man, I think I need to just change something, you know, add something, do something different. So uh, I tried to, to follow on his, his route, you know. So I started to do MMA to be with him, and uh, it was really good. You know, I really liked training it. Um, of course, I didn't do any sparring, anything like that, so I never really got punched in the face, you know. Um, but having the extra training was always good. It helped me with my own jiu-jitsu. Um, but so I've been training for about over a year. Um, and I was always thinking about, okay, I think maybe once I kind of accomplish what I want to accomplish in jiu-jitsu, uh, I think that's the route I'm going to go. You know, I'm 22 years old uh, and I'm always looking for like new challenges. So it was something that was always in the back of my mind. And I think that, uh, uh, Officially, you know, we decided, me and, like, uh, my coach, John Crouch, uh, we decided that, like, we're going to, like, take this plunge into it, and I'm going to give my all, you know, give 100%. Uh, for sure, I'm not going to do it just to have fun, you know. It's, like, something that I'm going to do. I'm going to hopefully be uh, 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 UFC champion one day, you know, have the belt. You know, it's not something you can do halfway, so I'm going to give all I can. But jiu-jitsu will always remain in my heart, you know, and I'm, I'm no, no way I can stop 
you know, competing in jiu-jitsu. It'll probably be one of my uh, few things I need in my contract, you know, is to at least when I want to, I can be able to compete in jiu-jitsu when I want to, so. Mm -hmm. And just for those who don't know, when you're referring to Taquino, you're referring to Taquino Mendez, who is your fiance, also world champion jiu-jitsu and 5-0 and as a pro MMA fighter. Um, and basically, when, do you have a timeline as to when you'll take your first fight? Um, yeah, we're thinking June, you know, after the world championships. Uh, you know, so I'll be, uh, we like are intensifying the training um, a lot. So hopefully um, around June I can have my first fight. Uh, we don't know if it's going to be amateur or professional uh, yet. I have been talking uh, to a few organizations. So we'll see. I mean, everything's still up in the air. Uh, it's still like really new. It just happened, you know what I mean? Like was just announced. So we'll see what it brings to the table. And some of your peers um, in jiu-jitsu that transitioned over to MMA, Orlando Sanchez, who was just on our show and spoke to us, um, your former rival Gabby Garcia, Andre Galvao, um, and even Crone Gracie, they've gotten big offers from Japan. Have you spoken to promoters to, in Japan um, who, for organizations such as Ryzen um, about competing sooner rather than later and jumping straight to the pros? Uh, yeah, definitely. Like Japan and the U.S. So uh, there's definitely a lot of, uh, I feel kind of like I'm in the middle and there's all these different organizations, you know, and, and thankfully I have like, um, you know, John Crouch uh, to help me uh, try to figure out what's the best step for me, you know, because it's just so many different things. All of them kind of have different um, motives, you know. Um, of mm -hmm. course, every organization is going to want the best for them, you know. But in the end of the day, I have to think about what's going to be the best route for me. Um, so, yeah, definitely like Japan. Um, I actually talked to one of the organi organizers um, in Japan at the ADCC. You know, he wanted me to fight in December. And I was like, okay, that's a little too soon, you know. I still have a couple more things and I want to get my training. You know, I, I need to get my hands um, at least as try to get my hands as good as my jiu-jitsu, you know. <laughs> that's the goal. And how difficult uh, has it been to transition from being a grappler just about all your life to uh, working on striking? Have you picked it up naturally since you're a good athlete, or uh, do you still need to work out a little bit more? Do you think you could be passable for uh, a regional MMA show right now? Uh, definitely right now, no. Um, I mean, I could, you know, I definitely am confident in my jiu-jitsu against a lot of uh, of the MMA fighters, you know, at the 115 division, that's that's the division I will be fighting at. Um, I'm definitely caught for my jiu-jitsu, but um, standing up wise, you know, I for sure I'm, I'm getting it really easy, you know, like it's coming to me pretty naturally. Um, like I said, I've been doing it for over, a little bit over a year, you know, so now that I'm just intensifying, you know, it's, uh, it's fun, you know, I've always been an athlete my whole life, you know, so it's something I'm catching on really quickly, and uh, I'm just really dedicated, you know, so I'm giving it my all, you know, we're doing like privates, 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 just stand up, just stand up, just stand up, you know, just to really um, kind of when I get on the MMA scene that the girls can respect my stand up too as much as my ground. So that's the goal. And also, uh, what's been the most difficult part about learning a stand up? Because in a limited experience I've had, it's my footwork is still awful and also just keeping my hands up, which I didn't have to account for in jujitsu. Um, have you run to any of those issues at all? I know you said you haven't sparred too much, but 
he fought, how's the footwork and how's the defense coming along? Uh, I think those things are all like going pretty good. I think my biggest uh, problem is just like when I tend to push, like punch and stuff, I tend to like want to get closer and closer and closer, you know? So I think the biggest thing is keeping the distance sometimes and like controlling myself to not always want to get too close to the person. You know, I'm like punching, going in, going in, you know, it just, it's the natural, you know, as a jiu-jitsu fighter, we want to make contact, like, you know, grapple, go to the ground and stuff like that, you know? So getting comfortable, like, okay, punching, getting in and getting out, you know, not always having to be so, you know, inside and getting punched and stuff like that. I think that's my biggest issue um, with doing it. And of course the, the cardio, you know, the cardio is so much different. Just even the warm-ups for MMA, I get so much more tired than doing my warm-ups for jiu-jitsu, you know? So I'm definitely going to try to work on that. <laughs> How's the wrestling game? Because you are a world-class grappler, but uh, in many cases, especially in the female divisions, from what I've seen, it's a lot of guard pulling. Um, yeah. Have you been working on your wrestling with Ben Hens Benson Henderson or any of the other uh, great wrestlers at uh, the lab? Yeah, for sure. Uh, like, you know, the MMA lab. Uh, I also have, like, uh, at my dad's gym, in mm -hmm. the jiu-jitsu gym, we have uh, Brown Belt, but he's a really, really good wrestler. Uh, he's been helping us out a lot, you know, so I have like I have so much support from Ronnie from my dad's gym uh, Megaton, you know uh, from the lab uh, Helping with my wrestling. I was trying to work a lot of my wrestling for ADCC and I was able to continue it for the world's no geese So my wrestling is getting a lot a lot a lot better um, I'm really excited. Uh, even just the other day, you know, my friend Lauren Murphy, you know, she's a UFC fighter uh, She trained I trained with her at the lab she was coming to me like, man, your wrestling is getting a lot better, you know? Great. So when I can have, like, a compliment like that, you know, you can feel like, man, maybe I'm not getting better. But when, you know, one of your teammates, your peers tell you, like, that they're noticing a, a difference, then, you know, you're on the right track. So it's definitely getting better. Oh, I've seen some uh, – respect. one of them is your fiancé, Tequino, um, and also some of the uh, people I know from the Henzo Gracie team, such as Max Bohannon, who were also – high-level jiu-jitsu guys, do you think they've won their fights just basically with a lot of jiu-jitsu, take the fight to the ground, either ground and pound them or submit them from the ground fairly quickly? Do you think you could get by um, on a, at least your first few fights on a regional scene with just your jiu-jitsu? Uh, I, th I think so. I think uh, I could get by just with jiu-jitsu. But honestly, like my plan is like to not – uh, rely so much on my jiu-jitsu, you know, like I kind of want my jiu-jitsu jiu to help me when I need it But be able to stand my own standing up, you know, that's what we're training um, At the lab is just to get my stand up Like I don't know maybe who knows maybe my first fight I can get like a knockout, you know <laughs> I'd rather me not get hit and me be hitting the other person, you know, that's that's what I'm gonna try to do so but I definitely think that uh, there's very few girls especially like at the 115 weight category that has a, like, maybe they're a black belt in jiu-jitsu, and, of course, um, they have all the respect and everything, but it's it's really different than, like, to be a world champion and and just have that all different comp competition black belt, you know, it's way different than uh, maybe a black belt that doesn't compete as much or something like that. Yeah, one of the top uh, female competitors at 115 UFC is Claudia Gadea. Have you competed against her before in jiu-jitsu? Uh, no, I never competed against her in jiu-jitsu. I know that there was uh, one event in Brazil, and she uh, really wanted to fight, I think, Nogi. 
and they were kind of a discussing with the organizer maybe like me and her to fight you know but um it's something like really i think in 2016 you know i think would be like a really cool fight i've always seen her like in some tournaments um just we've never ended up being in the same division or something like that you know we've never met up but uh yeah she's really good and i know that in mma she's like one of the top top contenders you know so i definitely would have to train a lot until I could face someone like her. Yeah, because she has developed a, a pretty well-rounded game just training with that Nova Union team, but also, again, you're training at a, a very great team as well in the MMA lab with several former UFC, former UFC champ, Benson Henderson, um, John Crouch is known as one of the top in the game, and, again, a lot of uh, great fighters out of that camp, so you're definitely in good hands to be – and so your goal is not just to be a specialist, but to be an MMA fighter, um, well-rounded MMA fighter. Would you look at, say, Jacare or anybody else that has inspiration or people you would want to emulate that made that transition from BJJ to um, MMA? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, Jacare, Durinho, uh, all those guys, Sergio Marais, um, even Tanquinho, you know, um, to be able to just go in there and, and really, like, of course, they have their jiu-jitsu, you know, and they use their jiu-jitsu, but to be able to transition and show, like, how they're a good athlete uh, all together, you know, that's what I hope I can portray, you know. I hope I can be that good um, in the women's, a woman's version. <laughs> and do you, do you think you're going, right now, the plan is to do BJ, both BJJ and MMA. Do you think that that may change depending on your first few fights and if you are fast-tracked? Uh, I mean, for sure I won't be doing jiu-jitsu for like so many years. Um, I think maybe if I can accomplish the last few things that I have on my list to accomplish in jiu-jitsu, then um, I'll take a little break from jiu-jitsu just for a little bit um, and focus completely on MMA. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, nothing's like set in stone, you know. Uh, for sure, I think that... Uh, I would like to like defend my DCC title and go back in 2017, um, even if I'm like you know fast tracked on the MMA and everything like that. But you know, like I said before, you know, if now that I decide to do MMA and that the transition is happening and it's all official, like I'm gonna give it, you know, all I've got. You know, I can't go halfway. You know, I gotta give it everything. It's not like you know jujitsu where. You can go and, you know, maybe compete one tournament that maybe we weren't training as much. You know, this is like getting punched in the face. You know, I don't want to get hurt. Um, this is like a whole new new challenge for me. So just like any of my challenges I've ever done in Jiu-Jitsu, uh, I'm going to take the same mindset that I took in Jiu-Jitsu to MMA and just go with everything and try my best. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you made this announcement on Friday, I believe, um, I was actually having lunch with my coach, uh, Sean Williams, who's the IBJJF commentator, mm -hmm. and I asked him, what do you think? He's, and his first reaction was, she's mentally tough. <laughs> I'll take her a long way. Um, and you showed a lot of mental toughness as facing Gabby Garcia multiple times, finally uh, over beating her at in Abu Dhabi. Um, where do you get that mental toughness, though? Is it from your father, um, just because he's still competing in the adult level, even though he's a little bit over 30 years old? <laughs> uh, yeah. I think for sure, like, um, even, like, my dad, like, my dad for sure, um, thinking, you know, 
they kind of like have like this tough love with me you know what i mean so i've always even like my whole life of course i know like my dad is um very proud of me but he's never been like one to always like compliment me or to tell me like hey you know you're doing good you're training good you know or anything nothing like that you know they were i've always been like oh you know looking kind of for approval and it's always been like okay well you need to get better at this you need to get better at that you know so always like striving to be better and better and better and better so i think just to have them kind of push me to be the best you know not like it's never enough you know and not in a bad way but they always know that i can be better and better and better so i think that's kind of what i always have in my mind um not that i could be better than gabby but it's not something that's impossible you know so that's always the mindset i always took with me is that like nothing's impossible you know like if i walk if i want to do it i can do it you know i just have to keep persisting persisting so for sure i think it's just growing up um you know i'm the only child uh daddy's girl having you know a tough tough dad with me and always pushing me to to be the best i can be did she, i heard stories from uh, ronda rousey her mother was a world judo champion and she said her mother would attack her while she's sleeping and throw an arm bar and tell her to always be ready did your dad do anything crazy like that put you in any crazy drills or regiments to build your toughness <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, every day we train. Uh, I don't think I've. I think maybe I could count on my fingers how many times I've trained with my dad and haven't left the round like crying. You know, he's so tough on me uh, when we roll. You know, and it's not like he's not hurting me, but man, it's like fighting Gabby is nothing compared to rolling with my dad. You know, and that's something that I have to go through every day. <laughs> you know, since I've been like you know blue belt. You know, he just is so. So tough on me and doesn't really let me do like anything training you know i'm not even like one advantage he doesn't let me do you know so it's really like if you if you don't know what it feels like to be on bottom you know it's like man i'm going to compete i went to fight meta morris against michelle nicolini um and was just submission only you know in 20 minutes and so i did like it was two days before the event and i was training with just with my dad like me and my dad and we were training together and we did maybe like four or five rounds of 20 minutes and literally every round he submitted me so many times i didn't do anything anything and i was crying and like man how am i going to compete a tournament submission only when i can't do anything like i can't even sleep i can't even protect myself you know so it's like stuff like that that it's you know for sure nothing that i'm going to encounter in the competition scene against any woman that i'm going to fight is going to be worse than what my dad has put me through you know and not in a bad way but in a good way you know to toughen me up so he's he's pretty crazy he's hardcore you know even like the ADCC, I just won. The ADCC was like, I won the world championships, the world pro in Abu Dhabi, the ADCC. And I went to ask my dad, I'm like, hey, dad, you know, like, are you proud of me? He's like, oh, so, so, you know, you got to get more. I was like, man, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just always looking for more. And uh, I think he pushes me to my limits. And that's what I need to be, you know, is get pushed to my limits as much as possible. And what age did you start training at? Because um, Rhonda, she started around 12. Um, both your father and your stepmother are black belts. Um, did they start you off early where they give you time to play other sports when you were a kid? Uh, I started learning jiu-jitsu when I was three. Uh, my first tournament was when I was six years old, you know. And, I mean, of course, I they let me play, like, basketball, volleyball, softball, like, in elementary school. Um, but as long as it didn't get away of jiu-jitsu, you know, uh, then I could do it, you know. And it was just... You know, all those sports are just seasons, you know, like you have softball season. That's, I don't know, like a couple months. 
you know, jujitsu is always all year round. And, and those things were a little bit more social, you know, to do with my friends at school, you know, um, just to be involved. But uh, yeah, I could, I could always do anything as long as practice ended before practice of jujitsu, you know, started. And um, so they never forced me to do anything. It was always something I loved to do. Um, they never forced me to compete or anything like that. It was always something that uh, it was always very fun for me and to be involved with the jiu-jitsu community. Yeah, one of my buddies, he grew up with Henner Gracie, and he said that in high school, Henner at certain points said, said to him, I don't want to go to practice. I'd rather just go to the beach with you guys and go surfing. I don't want to go. I'm sick of this. But his dad made him go. Did you ever reach those points of rebellion where just burnout, where you're <laughs> a teenager and you're, you just have to go to practice and train for a tournament? I know you just said you're passionate, but yes. was there ever a point you just want to be a normal kid and go hang out rather than be the uh, prodigy? No, I mean, like one time, uh, like as soon as I went to high school, uh, you know, like you kind of, there's parties and stuff like that, you know. And I kind of, like, I got in a little bit of trouble with my parents, you know. And so uh, they grounded me. And I actually, like, couldn't go. They grounded me from jiu-jitsu, you know. And, I mean, I was so upset uh, that they did that, you know. Like, I missed, uh, I think it was the Pan American Championships. Um, you know, I was 14, you know. So I missed the Pan American Championships, like, at juvenile, you know. It wasn't even, like, that big of a deal, you know. But... Man, that kind of like I was I was gone I think for like three months from jiu-jitsu, something like that. And I and it was kinda of like they took me away for it, but I feel like that kind of um saved me from not being burnt out, you know. It kinda of like got my little phase out of the way, you know, and like that showed me like how much that this is what I wanted to do, you know, that little like time away. Um and I think because they took it away from me before I had the opportunity to say like no, I don't wanna do that anymore, um, is what kinda of helped me to not get burnt out, you know, because I know a lot of um, kids, you know, kids, athletes that are doing sports for their whole life. And then one day they're just like, no, you know, I, I can't handle it anymore. I don't want to do it. I don't love it anymore. And all these things, you know, so I think them taking it away from me, um, a little bit before I, I lost the, the passion for it, um, kind of saved me from not having that whole burnt out feeling. And how long did they take ground you for or take it away from you again? Uh, I think it was about three months. What? What yeah. were you doing during that time? Were you just... Were you grounded, grounded, or were you just going out and being a normal kid? Or? Um, I mean, actually, I would go to training, you know, but I just couldn't train. Um, I couldn't go to the tournament. You know, I wasn't able to go mm -hmm. even, like, to California and stuff like that. It was, it was. I mean, it's funny, you know, for, like, a jiu-jitsu family, our grounding wasn't, like, take away your cell phone, you know. The grounding was, like, hey, you can't go to jiu-jitsu, you know. And that was, like, I thought that I would be okay, but it really was really hard on me, you know. I was, like, man. I didn't even want to go hang out with my friends, you know what I mean? I was like, man, I should be at training right now, you know, I wanted, I like, my other teammates that were the same age as me, I felt like they were, you know, going to get way better, you know, and I was going to be missing out on some new, you know what I mean, new positions or getting, like, man, I'm, that, I'm missing this part, you know, now they're going to be that much better than me, you know, all my opponents are going to be that much better than me, you know what I mean? So it was like, I'm really competitive, you know, and that was like, kind of this competitive drive that I always had inside of me, so. I mean, they they knew me, so they knew what would make me straighten out. So I was saved, like, right as my freshman year, you know. <laughs> so I'm really happy. Nice. And to oh, our last guest, um, two weeks ago was Amanda Levy. She's an 18-year-old purple belt. She just won double gold at Nogi Pans um, last month. She, she told me that she and her parents decided she could skip college 
to train full time with the Ricardo Almeida team and transition to MMA. Did you skip college as well, or did you also go to school and train at the same time? Uh, no, I didn't go to college. Mm -hmm. um, I actually graduated, graduated high school early, you know, just to be able to train um, more. Uh, or actually, not even necessarily train more, it's just I was missing a lot of school because of training. Uh, so I had to, you know, really buckle down on all my classes and credits and get them all done to be able to graduate earlier, um, to not cause any problems with school-wise. But um, I don't know, it's just college, I think, is something that will always be there, you know, when I decide if one day, I'm really interested in nutrition. I always thought, like, maybe one day, if I decide to go to college, I would do nutrition uh, and maybe work with jiu-jitsu athletes and MMA athletes and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, it's something that will always be there, and this is, like, my passion. You know, I was traveling around the world. I don't know, like, a lot of 22-year-olds that has um, had the opportunities to meet as many people have, that I've been able to meet and been able to been to so many places, you know, I can express like how much, you know, jujitsu has brought, maybe it's not book knowledge, you know, but like world knowledge of like people, you know, and just like world experiences that I've been able to, to learn from jujitsu. So I think I have like a different type of knowledge, you know, my little brother and sister uh, from my mom's side, they're like 13 and 10 and man they're so smart you know they kind of laugh at me that they know all these smart words that they use in their sentences and they like make fun of me because i don't use all these fancy words you know but um you know i can't i i wouldn't change what i what my choices were you know i think that i'm in my prime right now um and i think i can only get better i think i really think that i'll be at my best with around like 24 25 you know so I think I'm just like going uphill from here. So, well, I think you made the right decision. You have that yeah. what ADCC trophy in the background, a few world championships, you traveled the world. Not a bad life at 22. You already accomplished what most people hope to accomplish. Like I just hope to win a regional, like uh, you know, <laughs> Cerritos title or something. <laughs> and you're like ADCC champ, world champ, top of the world right now. So I think you made the right decision. You got to travel. Well, what are your top three favorite places to travel to that you've seen on your jiu-jitsu uh, journey? Um, man, it's crazy. I mean, I love Greece. I love Jordan. Um, and probably Norway. Those are probably like my top three that I love the most. Did you go to the Lost City in Jordan? Yes, I did. Because I'm going there this summer. Is it really all it's cracked up to be? It's it's pretty crazy. It's a it's, it's a, a good city home. carved into a mountain, basically into yeah. like in a mountain desert. Or yes, my 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 most. I mean, it's crazy. But what I was the most impressed about, and maybe it's silly, but that they made the the hallway to get into the city is really really narrow between the 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 mount you know the mountains, um, and they did that so if someone was to attack them, you know, they have to instead of coming in a big army, you know, they'd have to come through this yeah. narrow. Well, and I just think that that's so smart, you know, I'm like, wow, I wish I would have thought about that, like, if I was an army or something, I feel like that's such a smart strategy, you know, so walking through it and just seeing how narrow it is and how high it is, I'm like, man, how did these people, you know, so far back think of something so, like, intelligent, you know, because it makes so much sense, like, to fight, you know, like that. Back then, I think, basically, you could be just cooking dinner one night and see like a band of nomads just charging into your town down the hill so yeah what bad must happen it's like we're re we're moving into this little place here but no is it one of those places where 
pictures don't do it justice. You just have to see it for yourself, 360 view. Of how oh, yeah, for sure. It is. And what do you love about Norway? Was it the Northern Lights? Um, that were just I think with the company, you know, I have, like, really good friends down there. You know, they really took care of me. The food was great. Uh, you know, they took me snowboard. I'm not as I, – I don't like the snow, you know. So for them to get me to love a place that has so much snow in it, man – they like really took good care of me, you know. They took me snowboarding. I went like uh, on a little kind of like go kart thing in the snow. Uh, just it's it's such a beautiful country. Um, I loved it so much. Mm -hmm. And what's the best dish you've had while on your road? I know you're probably cutting weight, but you also get the post tournament <laughs> victory meals. Uh, what's the best victory meal you've had and around your travels around the world? Man. Um. And it's too many. I think that my favorite meal will always have to be back to Brazil. You know, after the ADCC, we had like, uh, we have a thing called Rojizu de Pizza. That's um, kind of like a pizza buffet. And you have like chocolate pizzas. And it's real. I'm, I haven't found one here in the United States. I think in California they might have one. But yeah, out here, but it's like not the best pizza, but even bad pizza is just average and all right and passable. So <laughs> there's a few shakies right by the pyramid if uh, if that's what you want to celebrate with after <laughs> Sunday. Yeah, so I mean, the, just the food, you know, back in Brazil to be able to eat that after the ADCC. You know, I've been like from January all the way. Usually it's January until May, you know, doing a diet. But since we had the ADCC, it was like January until you know late August doing a, a diet, a pretty, pretty strict diet, you know, so it was so good to be able to celebrate, you know, my third uh, world title in one year, you know, with uh, like Brazilian food and the pizza and, you know, churrascaria uh, and, you know, all this meats and stuff like that. So I think I always go back to that, that comfort food that I love so much. Mm -hmm. And, um, Basically, going back to your super fights in jiu-jitsu and uh, some of your accomplishments, including uh, ADCCs, you won five grappling. Uh, that's the super tournament um, over the summer. And you were you also just mentioned Metamoris. Um, what are your current thoughts on the opportunities for women on the emerging pro circuits in Polaris, uh, Metamoris, five grappling, and some of these other promotions? Do you think there are the um, – the opportunities are growing for women where do you think there's just still lagging oh yeah I think it's growing so much like you could see the five grappling like we had an equal pay you know what I mean it was 10 and 10 for the men and for the woman uh, and you know we had like a lot of submissions you know in the women's division you know um, of course they had like a good uh, bracket you know because it wasn't just like one weight class we could, they kind of put together about like two weight classes was like uh, featherweight and lightweight, like more or less, you know, so it was good that they were able to get, you know, really top girls from a couple different categories and put them on one division. And I think that's what made such a dynamic uh, category. Uh, so, you know, they're doing like great things. I think there's so many more opportunities happening from it. Of course, it can always be better um, and they can only get better from here. But I think it's getting so much more better. You know, today's days, like, my whole life, I like my house, my bills, everything I have is from jiu-jitsu, you know, like I'm able to live off of jiu-jitsu, you know, that wasn't common for a woman to have that, you know, just a few years ago, you know, so I think it's good for like the future, you know, world champions, these blue is, these blue belts and these purple belts, 
that are, you know, not going to college to focus on jiu-jitsu, you know, for them to see that they can make a living off of jiu-jitsu, you know what I mean? And, you know, it's, gonna, it's only going to get better from here. So I'm, I'm hoping that, um, you know, maybe after 2016, maybe I can do some more uh, super fights and kind of focus more on things like that, you know, uh, special events of jiu-jitsu. So, you know, I've, I've, took in, I've taken place in a lot of uh, events, you know, Copa Podio and, you know, Metamoris and, you know, the Five Super League. And so I've, I've had a, the opportunity to do a lot of events and, man, they're so much fun to be able to help uh, grow jiu-jitsu. I think uh, the Polaris they had, Jizari and Michelle Nicolini was like pretty fast fight, you know, but was really cool to see, you know, uh, girls on the big screen too. And um, how how Gracie, uh, when he was promoting one of the last metamorphoses, mentioned that there was an appeal for women's fights, but I wonder if he just misspoke because I think there's an appeal for it, but there's only a certain number of elite women out there and you guys face each other so much on the IBJJF circuit already that there's no novelty to it. Would you agree to that to some extent that um, you, got, you guys have already faced each other um, too many times where would you disagree with that? And um, what are your thoughts on just how he treated you guys? Yeah, I mean, like, if you take, like, me and Michelle, for example, oh, man, I think we fought – I mean, we fought at, in Abu Dhabi this year, so it was six minutes. We fought, you know, at 20 minutes. We fought at 10 minutes. We fought basically every type of, of rule set you can imagine. We fought each other. You know, ADCC was 20 minutes. Um, you know, no points with points. We've won by submission. We've won by advantages. We've had a draw. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, of course, we always have a, a great battle. But, you know, as an example, we've kind of fought so many times that, it's hard to just, you know, uh, grab this girl and this girl and put them together. You know, you kind of have to think. And, you, and for the guys, too, you know, it has to be a good matchup, you know. Uh, you can see that a lot of their matchups on the Metamorphs, you know, have happened in a draw. And not because the athletes are not good or that they're not attacking. It's just the game's kind of, you know, they're so high level that you have to kind of try to find the best matchup possible. And because there are still few women, I definitely understand, like, what he meant as of the part, like, that there's still very few women to get those types of matchups. But, um, you know, I think the part to say, like, that um, it just attracts because of the looks and stuff like that, you know, is a little bit, you know, not, not I don't agree, you know, on that part, you know. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely understand, you know, and, the, and it's the same thing that people are talking about, like the IBJJF, uh, I think they have, like, a pro event, like the Rio Pro or the New York Pro, where they offer money and the men's they get like four thousand dollars each division and the woman we get fifteen hundred dollars just for the absolute division you know so that's like you know all together the men probably have like sixteen thousand dollars within them and the women just have fifteen hundred dollars that's it you know so that's a really big difference you know um i think that they should do something like okay uh, if the division has more than five athletes you know then they can have you know of course they don't have to have four thousand dollars but you know, they can have a 2,500 per division that has five women, or four, five women or more, you know, something like that, you know, a little bit more, you know, equaled out, not such a big difference like that, you know. I definitely don't think that we should get $4,000 each division and we just have one girl in a division, you know, or maybe they just have one fight. But, you know, things kind of have to still be a little bit in, in perspective. 
I think the fairest thing and agree or disagree with this would be because you see some small men's division, specifically the Roosters were um, divisions. Um, should they just pay out based on number of entries? Do you think that'd be more fair within a division? Um, I think like they should have a specific number that they're going to put, you know, okay, like every division will be this amount. But yeah, I definitely think that um, they should put, you know, okay, only if there's this a number of athletes competing, you know, then then like the money is, is valid. You know, I think that will like force people uh, to want to compete, you know, in my opinion. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, a potentially uh, potential match some point with Claudia Gadea and grappling. Uh, are there, is there any other female out there that you haven't faced yet that you think would be a compelling matchup for a super fight, whether it be from MMA or from jiu-jitsu that you'd like to take on? Uh, I think like uh, Jazari. Uh, a lot of people, you know, on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, they're always commenting, you know, like, hey, Mackenzie and Jazari would be a great matchup, you know. And for sure, I mean, I, I really like her as an athlete and as a person, you know. Um, we're actually going to be doing a camp together in in France uh, in June, you know, so a woman's camp. So she's someone that I really like, and I like her style. You know, I think that our styles are kind of similar as in that they're very aggressive, and I think for sure that people would love to have to see that fight. You know, I think we could do a really good show for the public in jiu-jitsu. Yeah, you guys have both had great 2015s, and it's Gazar and Matuda you're referring to, um, the – 2014 IBJJF World Champion, and she just beat Michelle Nicolini um, at the recent Polaris event in a very impressive flying armbar fashion. So that would, I think, would be a match that I think would be very attractive to many fans. Um, has any promoter brought that up to you, whether it be Polaris or Metamoris or any other regional promoter? As a uh, yes, Pol Polaris did um, talk to me about it. Um, but we couldn't come like to a, a payment agreement, like money-wise. Um, but you know, I'm still like in hopes that maybe someone can make it happen. You know, so we'll see. What is the? What do you think about the money situation? Is it you just know what other competitors are getting and where you should be at, um, or is it just you're not even paying enough to cover your training camp and travel? Um, how do you know what the fair market value is? And has it already been set by what five grappling paid you for the tournament? Um, no, I mean like um I think just me and with uh Halleck and like Gabby, we kinda we had a disagreement too about money. Um and that was before the five grappling was like uh maybe one or two weeks before the world championships, you know. But I think just um you know, I I think because of I have Tankinho, you know, and I know a lot of men. So I don't really base too much on what the guys are making or even what people say that they're making because, you know, promoters always say that they're paying less, you know, and then the athletes always say that they're gain, getting more than what they're getting, you know, so I really don't know who's getting what, you know, but I kind of just, you know, have my opinion of, like, what I think that, that you know, my image is worth right now and what – uh, I need to have, like, a successful training, you know what I mean? So, um, for example, like, uh, the metamorphs, if I was to have, like, let's say one month, two months in a training, as a training camp for an event, obviously I wouldn't, you know, ask for as much money as if you was to ask me to do a fight 
you know, in one week, you know, that I didn't, wasn't able to prepare myself. And I'm just kind of accepting a fight where, you know, I could lose or win, of course, you know, but you know what I mean? I wasn't able to prepare myself. So I think I tried to, every time I do an event or I have an offer, I always try to think about all the, all the things going into it, you know, how much time are they asking me, you know, uh, who is it against, uh, what kind of publicity uh, is, are we going to bring to the fight, you know, like, you know, am I, are a lot of people going to want to see this fight, you know what I mean, is this something that no one really wants to see, you know, uh, do I want to do this fight, you know, am I going to be missing out on other competitions or things that, you know, will this event give me like a title, you know what I mean, like, so if me, and of course, I, I like the Metamorphs event. I like the Pilates. I think all these events are awesome, you know. But uh, for example, the Metamorphs with Gabby, uh, me winning the Metamorphs, besides the money, you know, wasn't going to give me a title. You know what I mean? So it really had to be worth it money-wise for me to fight against Gabby like with one week, less than a week notice, like three days notice. You know what I mean? So I kind of didn't want to take uh, the risk, you know. I kind of, I mean, I would if it was worth it, you know. Um, for me, a world title is worth more than money sometimes, you know, so, you know, he was offering uh, a good amount of money, you know, it just wasn't how much I wanted um, to, to potentially, you know, if I was to get injured or something, take me out from winning my first world title at the Black Belt, you know, and maybe for some people, you know, uh, diabetes doesn't get money, but man, um, from all the seminars and everything that I've gotten from being a world champ and just all the prestige of having a Black Belt IBGF world title, um, I wouldn't take back, like, my decision, you know. Yeah. And, you know, just from my own take, and I think if you look at the people, you look at your social media following, you're definitely marketable. You're definitely someone people want to see. And um, we you know, de definitely know what your market value is, and you should stick to it. Definitely. Um, I just, just kind of think that, like, sorry, I just think that, uh, like, me and Gabby, for example, you know, or Jazari or, or even Michelle, you know, I think that we're kind of at a, you know, we're at a really good point in women's jiu-jitsu, you know, we're kind of like really, everyone wants to see our fights and, you know, we're showing really good jiu-jitsu. So I think we're at the, we're at the position where if we want women's jiu-jitsu to gain value, we have to put our value up, you know, because if us who are at the top, you know, are accepting something for like very little, then how are brand new black belts that are trying to gain money, you know, and, you know, have their value be higher, gonna ask for money, you know what I mean? So if we're asking for a little, then maybe a brand new, you know, first year black belt will be able to ask, will only be able to ask for very, very little, you know? So I think, you know, since we have the power and, you know, um, you know, we have the opportunity to raise our value, that's what we need to do, you know, to, you know, set the value higher for all the other future people coming to the black belt and gonna get their own, own opportunities too. Mm -hmm. That sounds great. and. Definitely a very, very great point, uh, Mackenzie. And um, I want to make sure I told you it would only be 45 minutes. We've got <laughs> 43 minutes. Did that go fast for you? Yeah, it went fast. Yeah. Um, no, great. We really appreciate the time. Um, we really appreciate everything you've done for the sport. And 2015 has been a great year for you. We Just a few closing uh, points. You're booked basically every weekend for seminars. You put on one in, in Ohio this weekend. And how do how's one book a seminar with um, world champion ADCC champion Mackenzie Dirt? How what's the best way to reach out to you to? The best way is to send an email to Kenzie K E N Z I E uh, Jiu Jitsu J I U 
uh, hyphen J-I-T-S-U at hotmail.com. Um, but uh, so yeah, you can definitely send an email there. But uh, I'm just going to be doing seminars after June, you know, of 2016. So I won't be doing. I have, you know, the rest of this year I have seminars already, um, and then in 2016 I won't be doing any seminars from January to uh, June. So um, that and that's just to focus, you know, on the competition and try to get, you know, as as dedicated. It's so hard, you know. People ask me like. You know, these last three weekends I was doing seminars and stuff, and they're like, oh, so when's your next tournament? You know, I'm like, oh, I'm actually doing World's No Gi next weekend, you know? And they're like, man, it's hard, you know, because you don't have the same training, you know? The diet is different. Um, it's a different routine. Of course, I love doing seminars, but, you know, you're, you get tired. You know, your, your weekends that I'm doing seminars is really the rest time that you're supposed to have um, as a competitor, you know, when you're training all week, you know, and all this stuff, you know? Um, the plane doesn't help, you know what I mean, just to be like, you know, all crooked and everything. So uh, since uh, I'm going to try to accomplish a lot of things in the beginning of the year, I'm just going to hold up the seminars like I did in 2015. But yeah, definitely send an email there and, uh, you know, we can start to schedule as soon as possible anything that people want. Well, I bought my Foo Fighter tickets 10 months in advance, so it's <laughs> a popular uh, attraction. So. You know, definitely uh, reach out to Mackenzie Dern to schedule a seminar at your school. And in closing, I just want to make sure we get you out on time. Um, do you have any friends, sponsors, family members that you want to give a shout-out to really quickly? Yeah, I mean, uh, thanks to my family, my friends, uh, my sponsor, War Tribe, Five Grappling, Kill Cliff, Studio 540. Uh, thanks all you guys for all the support. And, of course, thank you to all my fans. You know, um, I... I I could maybe have accomplished, you know, all these things with the people by me, but uh, everything that I've won, it's not just mine, you know, it's it's my fans' titles too, you know what I mean? I can feel like when I win and when I lose, you know, that they're with me. So thank you everyone for all the support on the ups and the downs and, you know, I always appreciate all of it. Yeah, well, thank you very much, Mackenzie. Uh, you've given us a lot of great highlights and memories for 2015. We wish you nothing but the best. and. Um, you know, like your father, we expect more in 2016. <laughs> Thank, Thank you very much, Mackenzie. Best wishes next week in Long Beach. Uh, we'll definitely be all rooting for you on Saturday and Sunday. Take care and thank you again for your time. Thank you. Have a good night. All right. Take care, Mackenzie. Bye-bye.